time for the youth, all right? Um, today we have the honor and pr- privilege of having one of somebody I would claim to be a friend with us to share the word. You know him. He's part of our family. And so would everybody please give a nice, loud, radiant life, warm welcome to Pastor Nate Ortiz. All right. Good morning. I had to make sure it's still morning. When you speak to youth all the time, you say, it's going to be a good night tonight. And like, nope, it's the morning. So here we are. We are still in the morning. So if you haven't had a good morning, i got about 20 minutes to hopefully get you in a better mood before we hit the afternoon. As you said, my name is Nate Ortiz. Uh, this is the church that my family, my wife Lisa and our boys, we attend. And I am currently serving as the network youth director and campus pastor of SE Ohio. And we are just um, grateful to serve this capacity. Today, today starts three weeks of summer camp for us. And so we are beyond excited and thrilled for it. And so some of you in this room might be going to it uh, one of these weeks coming up. But it is just an amazing time. And when I think about summer camp, there's so many great things that take place. Um, but the life change that happens there is just unreal. And I thank you for everyone who's been supporting OYM by just whether you're a grandparent and you've been funding a lot of these trips or whether you have been a parent and have been just encouraging students to be a part. Uh, We take it just such a great, great privilege to be able to lead and impart to your students. And we get to have three weeks of that. So pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. And so that the weather would hold off. All those things uh, that you, you need to have a great summer camp, but we are believing for great testimonies to come forward uh, through that. Uh, also, uh, before I get into the word, I just want to uh, just show appreciation to Pastor Chris and Pastor Rachel. Uh, you know, they're on this sabbatical and, and wrapping it up. And, you know, you may obviously are aware of that, but also I just want to say, you know, well, let's be praying for our pastors as they um, come back. You know, sabbatical isn't just this time of saying, whew, you know, you, you unplug and all that kind of stuff. But it's this opportunity to get spiritually recharged. And we understand that when they come back, um, we, un- we know and believe and have been praying that God will refresh them, but also renew them and give them vision for what God has for this church. Because we know that God is doing a work in this church, in our lives, in our families, and we have impact that is going to be taking place. So let's continue to uh, pray for them. And we know, listen, if you know Pastor Chris Gross, and by proxy, since his wife, they're one, they, they, they have one speed or two speeds, fast and really fast. And so when they come back, we know that we'll be hitting the ground running and what God is going to do. So I'm going to get into the word this morning. I'm going to be in Acts chapter 6. So if you want to turn to your Bibles or grab your phone or look off your neighbor's phone or their Bible, whatever it is, uh, if you don't know them, don't do that because that might be weird. So just ask before you start looking off people's Bibles and stuff like that, all right? Um, You have to know this. You've never heard me speak before. I'm I'm very passionate about the Word of God. And when I start talking about the Word of God, I get excited, not just because um, I think I should or not because I'm a pastor or not because I'm trying to fire you up in some type of way, but I just genuinely get excited about Jesus. If we can get excited about other things, um, I never want to give anything else more excitement than I give Jesus, all right? I, I put it this way. If my wife was introducing me to someone I didn't know. And she was like, they're like, hey, is that your husband? She's like, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, girl, you need to get a little more excitement. I mean, talk me up a little bit, right? And sometimes we do that with Jesus. It's like, are you a Christian? Like, 
I mean, sure, yeah, you know, right? Or, or like, hey, tell me about Jesus. Like, well, yeah, I don't know. Like, I go to church, right? But there's this element that the greatest news that we have in our lives as believers is the fact that Jesus saves. There's no sweeter two words that we can hear. The fact that Jesus saves us from ourselves. He saves us from our self-pity. He saves us from our successes. He saves us from our failures. Jesus is in the business of saving people. And when we have that kind of great news, there has to be this element that we want to tell people or, or show people. And so as I talk about this message today in Acts chapter 6, um, it, it's something that I want to really just highlight on. Because even if I wasn't a pastor, I feel like this burden in my heart to tell people about Jesus or express his love to them would be very much at the forefront of my life. And so in Acts chapter 6, we're going to hear the story about a man named Stephen. Now last week, uh, Pastor Josh brought a fantastic word and was talking about Elijah and Elisha and, and, and it kind of dipped his toe into Pentecost and what was happening there in the book of Acts in uh, chapter 2. And I'm going to be just jumping ahead a couple chapters in Acts chapter 6 and in the story of Stephen. So I'm going to give a brief summary and then I'm actually going to read it to you. So in Acts chapter 6, this is after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came in the upper room. Uh, people were speaking different tongues and the church began to grow and God began to do some great things through his Holy Spirit. Uh, it says that the, in chapter 6, the number of disciples were growing and listen, you know, every time that there is growth, there's always going to be complaining. They just kind of rise at the same time. That's just what happens. Someone's complaining. They're saying, you know, actually all this growth is happening, but there's an issue that uh, with the widows. They're not, they're not being fed, and that's a good thing to complain about. We, don't, you know, we won't take care of widows and orphans. That's true religion undefiled, all right? Amen. But this complaint arose, and then they said, the disciples, they said, we can't have this. We need, to, we need to designate people who will serve the widows, who will who just serve them food. And so Stephen, amongst other men, is, is chosen. He's prayed for. They lay hands on him so he can serve food. Like this, it was that level of seriousness. If I was in that crew with Stephen, I don't know if I would have made the cut. I would have been like, we're just serving Peter. I don't know if it's that serious. Do we, need to, do we need to pray? Do we need to have the hands laid on? Like, yes, it's that serious. And so... He's like, all right, so he's chosen for this ordinary job of just waiting tables, and then he begins to minister to people, and signs and wonders begin to break out, and the religious people don't like it. Like, we ain't having this. You're supposed to be serving Peter, not doing signs and wonders, okay? So they, they, they take him to, you know, they start telling lies on him. They pull him in front of other religious leaders and say, this needs to stop. And, and Stephen then becomes the first martyr in the New Testament. He becomes uh, killed for his faith. And so this happens, though, right in front of Saul, who then turns into Paul and writes two-thirds of the New Testament. And I want to highlight this story because me and Steve, this, is, this story personally I enjoy a lot. Because like Stephen, I used to wait tables at a place called Chili's. And I always tell that story because before I knew I was going to be a pastor, that's what I was doing. And I would never want to go back, okay, just saying that. But... I did it for a while, and I, I learned a lot in that time, and I, I'm thankful for it. But it's amazing, listen, that in different parts of our lives, we can feel like this element of what's my purpose in life? What does God have for me? And I really want to address that today, that everyone in this room has a responsibility to tell people about Jesus Christ. Everyone, not just some people, not just when we feel like it, but those moments not just when it's Sunday morning or we have to put on our best self. Listen, there's times 
Come on, let's be honest. Parents in this room, there's times where you're just kind of, you're just kind of stressed a little bit. All right? You're like, all right. Maybe even some grandparents in this room. You're like, yep, I feel that. All right? You're, just, you're driving in your car. You're like, I got to put on some worship music. I just need to relax. I need to get some Jesus. And you put on the worship music. And then your kids start acting up in the back. And then you have to scream at them. And they're like, well, now I ruined it. Now, now I have to start the song over because now I gave my Jesus away when I was screaming at you. Right? Amen. And if you're not there yet, you will be. Just kidding. But all the time, not just when we feel like it, not when it's convenient. The word of God tells us that when we begin to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, it will be offensive to people. They're not going to be like, yes, awesome, thank you for telling me that I need a savior. They're going to say, I, I'm fine the way I am. I don't need this. So you're judging me. Listen, this is the word of God. I always, I always say it to young people, I say, the truth only hurts when you're living in a lie. So we speak the truth. We give the truth. We don't shove it on people. The truth is the truth. And when it's God's truth, the truth doesn't need propped up. It doesn't need our help. It, it, the truth stands alone and God stands alone. And we have this responsibility to walk in that. So the title of this sermon is called today is No Small Task. There's no small task in the kingdom of God. If we treat things like coming to church or prayer or reading our word as small tasks, we're missing the purpose that God has for us. I believe this, that when we are following Jesus, there are no small tasks, which is why we have to be these four things. We must be full of his spirit. We must understand our purpose. We must live the example, live the example that Jesus gave. And the fourth thing is we must love others. We must be full of his spirit, understand our purpose, Live the example and love others. I want to read Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1. I'm going to go to verse 10. But if you could follow along, we're going to unpack these points this morning. In verse 1 it says, Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, uh, Timon, Par Parmenia, uh, Parmenas and Nicholas and uh, a proselyte from Antioch and these they were brought before the apostles and after praying they laid their hands on them. The word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. And Stephen full of grace and power was performing great wonders and signs among the people. But some men from what was called the synagogue uh, synagogue of the freedmen, including both Syrians and Alexandrians, and some of Cilicia and Asia, rose up and argued with Stephen. But they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit which he was speaking. When I talk about being full of the spirit, I'm not just talking about a cute biblical saying that we sometimes say in churches, like we must be full of the spirit, but what does that really mean? Now I can go into a whole teaching about this, but I believe that being full of his spirit 
is necessary for this life that we live. I don't think it's an add-on. I don't think it's something, well, you can get by if you don't. I believe it is a necessity for you to live this life. I've talked to some Christians where they say, I'm on board. I believe in the, uh, that God created the heavens and the earth, and they go all the way through the New Testament. They believe in the death, burial, resurrection of our Jesus Christ. But then when they get to the book of Acts, there's this level of responsibility that comes upon each and every believer. That we had the great commission that we heard in the, the end of the uh, in the beginning of the New Testament, in the Gospels. But then in the book of Acts, there's this element that says we have to operate in a greater authority than what the world has. That we lay hands on people. We pray. The problem is we think that sometimes our prayers aren't affecting anything. Well, I don't want to pray. Well, I, mean, I, I prayed and nothing happened. Well, I, I've been going to church and nothing happened. I'm telling you this morning, church, God is looking for people to say, I, am, I want to be full of his spirit. I want to be full of what God has for me because this life that I live is not about me and what do I get. But it's saying, God, what can you do in my life that your glory can be shown to the people around me? Even though Stephen was just serving tables and not preaching, God knew he needed to be full of the Holy Spirit because there are no small tasks in the kingdom of God. Everything in our lives requires the help of the Holy Spirit. Not some, but all things. Because you never know how God is going to use you to minister to someone. Maybe there's some people at your work that God's going to use you to minister to. Maybe there's going to be someone when you go out to eat today that God's going to have you minister to them. Are we ready, church? I don't want to be the type of Christian that says, well, I'm just a professional pastor, and I just preach, and I, I, I do this kind of thing. But, you know, you get good at preaching in crowds, but you can't share the gospel with one person. Or we, we, we like to serve in church because maybe it's seen or it's recognized or we feel like we have to. But can we serve people when we're in our neighborhood? We're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to help this person. Or do we just kind of keep to ourselves? Listen to the resume of Stephen. This is what it said about him, chapter 6. All together, it said he had a good reputation. He was full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. It says it again. Full of grace and full of power. That's a pretty good resume just to serve food. Chili's was not that extensive. They said, are you breathing? Good, you're in. This is the resume. You, you just can't be that type of a, just a good person. But when you have the Holy Spirit inside you, it gives you insight and wisdom. He gives you that wisdom and insight to all things. When you're talking to people and the Holy Spirit says, man, I, I feel like I need to speak this over this person. John chapter 16, verse 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth in this life. God is not interested in our experiences to say, well, I've been serving the God for, for, for you know, so many years. But what is the Spirit speaking today? What is God speaking to you? You know, I, I said it's the first service, and maybe this might cause some rifts in marriages, or it might cause some people to look down the row at different, their friends. But 
when you drive a vehicle, and you know when you have a low fuel light, that little light that comes on and it turns on? How many of you are just like low, you don't, have to, don't even raise your hand. I won't even put you on blast like that. But how many of you in your heart, you know, like I'm a low fuel light person. You're like, it's on low fuel all the time. Like sometimes I just forget my husband will fill it up or my wife will fill it up. or You just got to forget. You're just that kind of person. All right? So maybe you're in this room, you're that type of person. Not all the time. Sometimes I'm that person. But not all the time. But I bring that up because I believe sometimes there's people who are spiritually living their life on low fuel consistently. And sometimes you are going through a tough season. But sometimes you live in that place that you just say, you know, it'll, I'll fill up when I need to. And I'll get to the next place. Well, I'll get to church and it'll get me to the next, next church service. But God has not called us to be low fuel people. God has called us to be filled up. God is saying, come on, let's go. Let's get those Kroger fuel points. Let's get like, let's go. Let's, let's be filled up so when we go, we can give something to someone. Not just to say, well, I'm going to make, I'm going to try to get through my work week just to get to church on Sunday. But God is saying, what are you giving to people? Are you bringing life to people? When you walk into a room where people are like, oh, boy, here they come. Or even people who don't know the Lord. When you're around, do they just feel a sense of like, I don't know what it is about you, but I just like when you're around. I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. No joke. I took one of our SEO hostages. We went to a local place to eat in, in, uh, in Polaris. You know, it was one of those, like, you know, way, way cooler places than I am. And, and, he walk, and, and this waitress walks up to our table. And she's like, like, literally, before she says anything, she's like, wow, like, you just have, like, a, a wonderful aura. I'm like, girl, that's the Holy Spirit. Quit playing, right? Come on. Right? People should be able to sit, like, it's not about me. It's about the Holy, Holy Spirit's in all of us. Right, the Bible tells us that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead had, lives inside of us. And yet we want to settle for just church attendance and say, I'm just trying to make it through. But there is a power and authority when we are full of the Holy Spirit that when we pray, we're not just praying to any God. We're praying to the God. We're praying to the name above every other name. So there is an authority and a power that you have. But if you choose to forfeit that power because you aren't seeing the results that you want, you don't understand the kingdom of God. Understand your purpose, number two. Stephen was not filling a position, but he was filling a purpose. What if Stephen would have looked at his qualifications and said, I'm way more qualified than this. I want to preach. Stephen didn't know when he was, his hands were laid on him to to serve the food that it was going to end up costing his life. I believe this. Listen, you can miss out on your purpose if you're always seeking out a position. We can't have purposeless Christians saying, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity or I want to serve. There's always need. There's always need. Go, go down the hall into the kids' church. They'll say, we'll take you, they'll take you right now. There's always need. But we can't live our life just saying, well, when the right position pops up at work or when this happens or when I feel like people recognize me for what I can do. There are no small tasks. If you're serving in the nursery, there might be some kids slobbering on your foot, coughing in your face. Come on, you haven't lived till a random kid coughs in your face. Come on. But you might be holding the next lead pastor of a church. You might be holding the next evangelist to radically turn the world upside down. Someone has to do it. 
Don't miss out on your purpose. I truly believe this from my whole heart, and I want to move quickly here. This is one of the most dangerous assumptions we can make in the church is that ministry is the sole responsibility of anyone who holds the title pastor or stands on a stage. They say, oh, that's the pastor's job to do this. That's the pastor's job to do this. It's all of our job. It's all of our responsibility. It's all of our purpose. If we think our purpose is just to come to church and sing a couple songs and shake a couple hands and then go back home and not have our lives changed or change anyone else's life, we are sadly mistaken and we are missing it. And I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. I'm saying that because, listen, I, I work with the young people. I see these young people. I see what they deal with. I see what they're struggling with. There has to be this understanding that, listen, you can live a life that is full with Jesus. You don't have to buy into the lie of the world. It just doesn't happen through good preaching. Because, listen, you can hear the best preaching in all the world, but until someone decides that they want to walk with God, there's not, nothing's going to really change. The third thing is live the example. I want to jump to Acts chapter 7, verse 54, and I'll read to verse 60. Now, this is in chapter 7. I'm not going to read all of it, but Stephen, he lets this sermon rip. People start lying about him. He's like, I'm just doing signs and wonders. What's the problem here? The people pull him in in front of other religious leaders, and they're telling lies and all these kind of things. And Steve was like, oh, okay, all right, here we go. And like, you can read through the whole thing. It's just good. It's kind of like a burn letter, kind of like from Steven, just like a burn. So he's just like, boom, here you go. And he just, mm, 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 just get it, all right? Kind of, all right? That, that's, that's my interpretation. So verse 54, they're about to put him to death. So now when they heard this, his sermon, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Stephen was living the example that he wasn't just saying that he believed in what the Holy Spirit was doing in the growing of the church. He was speaking that truth out even to the point of death. Now, some of us, we may never have that moment where our life is on the line for our faith. But there are missionaries who does that is their very near reality. And that is a decision they consciously have to really process. That am I going to hold my tongue or step back in the midst of adversity, in the midst of my life being on the line? When you live the example, you have to understand this, that impact is on the other side of sacrifice. When we live a sacrificial life, and whatever that might be, Lord knows what the sacrifice is. That's where great impact comes. No one ever has great impact when they just live in the place of comfort. Right? 
Jesus is all powerful. Couldn't he just, could you imagine him talking to God saying, do I really have to go all the way down to earth? Do I really have to be ridiculed and mocked? I mean, couldn't I just do it from the place of sitting at the right hand of the Father and just, seems a little easier. But there's something about sacrifice that creates great impact. And Stephen went all the way in. Faith will pull us into places to rely on God for the impact that only he can do. Lee Strobel, some of you may know that name, but Lee Strobel, uh, he wrote the book Case for Christ. Uh, there's a movie, uh, but he was an atheist, and he was a you know, reporter, an investigative reporter, and wanted to just do this story on that God's not real, essentially. Uh, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a whole book. You'd have to read it or watch the movie. But Lee Strobel, he was sharing this testimony one time when he was working at the, um, at, uh, I can't remember what uh, newspaper he was working at, but he was working there. And he felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to go talk to this guy in this other department and tell him about Jesus. Lee Strobel was like, I, I don't know, I, this, I think this guy's like an atheist. I'm not going to do that. And so he felt the pressing of the Holy Spirit. He walks to this guy's department. He says, you know, hey, so so I just wanted to share uh, just, you know, the message of Jesus with you. And this guy's like, I don't want to hear your message of Jesus. You know, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And Lee was like, I, I know, but I just wanted to share. And he begins to like just talk and share and it's just really shut down. It's not really going anywhere. And Lee Strobel walks away and just thought, that was really odd. Like I really felt the Holy Spirit telling me to do that. And it was just nothing happened. The guy didn't fall down his knees in the office and say, I'm a sinner. Thank you. It was like, all right, well, see you tomorrow. <laughs> he walked out of the cubicle. Well, Lee Strobel goes on. He says, probably about 10 years later, he's traveling, he's ministering. And one day after a, a service, this guy walks up to him. He says, hey, I don't know if you remember, we used to work the newspaper together. And Lee Strobel was like, yeah, you know, to try to put it together. He's like, yeah. And the guy says, I really want to thank you for what you did for me. And Lee Strobel is just like, uh, what'd I do? And the guy says, one day you went into this department and you were sharing Jesus with this guy. He's like, I was on the other side of the cubicle just weeping in tears and wanting to end my life. But I heard you sharing the message of Jesus to this guy. And since that day, I became a Christian and believer and follower of Jesus. Isn't it wild? Listen, as believers, that we are, t we are tentative to do things if we don't know the instant result. So we feel the Holy Spirit nudging us to do something that we say, this doesn't make sense. And even sometimes when you move past it, it doesn't make sense. If you don't get the result that you were thinking it was going to be, you automatically discount and say, God, you weren't in that. We have to break that habit, all of us. But if we say, Spirit, lead me. Lead me. Even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when I'm tired, even when I don't feel like I have the time for it, lead me. This world is full of chaos. We need believers who are led by the Spirit. You don't have just any common task. The job that you have, God has put you there for a reason. You might say, there's not one aspect of the job that I enjoy, but God maybe has you there to be that light in that dark place. Don't believe the lie. 
that God isn't moving through us. God isn't speaking to us. We have to listen. You know, when you accept the lie of today, you forfeit the truth of tomorrow. Let's not be people who forfeit the truth of tomorrow because we accept the lies of today that God isn't doing a work. God isn't making lives changed. The last thing I want to say, and I'll close with this, and if you could stand to your feet in this room. The last thing I said was, love others. So be full of his spirit. Understand your purpose. Live the example and love others. The Bible tells us that the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love others as you love yourself. Jesus modeled this for us. That he sacrificed himself, he sacrificed his life for us because he loved us so much. And if you look at the story of Stephen, right, the similarities that are there, right, that's Stephen was just serving people. Jesus, he was always serving people with food, you know, whether it's turning water into wine or multiplying food, he's just serving people. Stephen, he's just serving people. I'm just serving Pete out here. Then signs and wonders begin to break out. And the religious leaders with Jesus and with Stephen, they say, we don't like this. And they start pulling them and they start telling lies about them, bringing them down. But they stand for the truth. And it gets to the point where obviously Jesus, who was crucified on the cross, died but rose again. Right? Even in his, his time when he was being beaten and going to the cross, Right? He's, 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 he's saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Stephen, as he's getting stoned, is actively saying, Father, forgive them for this sin. I think you only do that out of a place of great love for people. That when they're actively offending, they're actively for Jesus, plucking out his beard, putting a crown on his head, whipping his bat, spitting on him, mocking him, saying, if, you really, if you're really the king, God, tell us who spit on you. Tell us who hit you. Right for Stephen, as rocks are being thrown at him, for just standing up for the truth and standing in his purpose to understand, I was just serving bread, but there are no small tasks when it comes to the kingdom of God. The, in Song of Solomon, it tells us, it says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So church, today, for all of us, for me, that we would spiritually wake up and say, God, let me not ignore the small tasks. Let me not say, it's not a big deal I miss devotional, or it's not a big deal I don't pray over my kids or my spouse, but allow us to say, God, fill me with your spirit that I would not compromise my walk with you. But I would live on my purpose, whatever that might be. Whether you're a stay-at-home spouse, a teacher, a mechanic, an engineer, a doctor, whatever it might be, there are no small tasks. But we must live with the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. So as we close out this afternoon, I just want to open up these altars. I want to pray and open up these altars because... I don't want this morning, I don't want us to, I don't want us to fall into the trap of the familiar. 
Oh, yeah, service is wrapping up. We're going to open up the altars. Now I'm just going to go and I'm going to grab a list. But maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking something to you right now in this moment. Maybe there are things that the Holy Spirit is pressing upon you, and it has been pressing upon you. And no one knows but you. Could you pray and leave? Absolutely. But could you respond to an altar and say, God, I, I really want to take a step and say, speak to me. Fill me up. So, Father, this morning, this afternoon, we pray over every person in this room, every believer. Lord, and if they don't know you, I pray that this morning that they would Lord, they'd make that commitment to you. Lord, they realize that they are a sinner who needs a Savior. Lord, they'd commit their lives to you again if they need to. But, Lord, if this is the first time just in church. Lord, may they just take it serious. They'd find a pastor, get a Bible, grow in your word. But Lord, for everyone else who's been walking with you, Lord, I pray they wouldn't just live their spiritual life with the low fuel light on. But they'd live their life saying, Lord, fill me up for the task that you have in front of me. Before we close this morning, if you want to come to these altars, we're just going to take a moment to hear what God wants to speak to us. Don't let this moment pass before you head on with your day.